serious uh i am half of your co-hosting duo josh and i'm matt welcome and welcome to the show uh we we are so today let me start there today is october 29th and that puts us just mere days away from the united states election and you might be saying to yourself right now Hold on, I do not come to this show for politics. And we're going to tell you now, don't worry, we're not trying to get into any shit. Um, but politics and music have a pretty interesting relationship and have been tied together in some way for a long time. And we figured a little discussion on protest songs or songs involving politics and how you see them and interact with them in uh, life is a pretty apt discussion for today since, well, politics politics is happening right now. So, that being said, Matt, uh, shall we talk about some protest songs and shit? I hope everyone's buckled in. Um, so, yeah, so, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, oh, we do this all the time. Uh, <laughs> um, I was just going to ask you it, what, what songs come to mind for you when you hear the term protest song uh so immediately the the first song i think of when i hear protest song is uh fight the power oh public, public enemy public yeah. enemy yeah um i don't know why it but that's like the first one that comes to mind what about you what do you think of like what's your um i I usually default to because um, it's like probably the most consistently misused. Um, I think of "Born in the USA" by Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, um, I usually think like "Redemption Song" by Bob Marley, and then I just kind of picture Woody Guthrie, but no particular song comes to mind. It's funny that you mentioned "Born in the USA," like because like it totally it's definitely one of the most misused or misrepresented ones um so much so that like it doesn't even register a lot of times for me as a protest song because like it's it's so often not used in that context you know what i mean oh yeah never it's like, always used by by pro-america dudes in trucks driving down country roads thinking like yeah this is what it's all about man this is yeah. the best yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And to the point where, like, I don't even, where where that's, like, become my association with it, even though I know that's not what the song's about, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... And so, that, in, in that respect, does that make it an ineffective protest song? No, I think, I think it's still an effective protest song. I think that also just makes it a litmus test for people's reading and listening comprehension. <laughs> like if you can genuinely listen to the lyrics of Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA and walk away with anything other than well damn this guy had a hard life and this is not such a great picture of the United States of America then you're mm -hmm. you're just a fucking idiot. I mean 
it it's boilerplate <laughs> when it comes to to uh again listening and reading comprehension and trying to to get the basics of storytelling down like like the opening verse here because i pulled up the lyrics just to have them in front of me for this the oh the first verse is born down in a dead man's town the first kick i took was when i hit the ground you end up like a dog that's been beat too much till you spend half your life just covering up that's not a happy song man that's not a rah rah usa song Yes, yes, uh, yes. Um, but in knowing that, I don't know, I don't know, man. Because like, if you only, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no way around it. It's pretty. Uh, yeah, if you just listen to the lyrics, it is. Because I also just pulled them up. Just to, yeah, there. Yeah, there's. There's no, there's no way to like, like read into it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's hilarious because it's often played by dudes. Um, you know, like I said, country white dudes, trucks and American flags. And literally the only thing that they could reasonably associate themselves with in that song is, yeah, man, I too was born in the USA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah. all they got. It ends there. But it, 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 so Born in the USA came about in a time in the U.S. when we were still going through the Vietnam War um, and vets were having to deal with poor treatment coming home from the Vietnam War, um, in part because of the government's unpreparedness to, like, receive its troops and how hotly contested our involvement was in Vietnam come the end of it. And Born in the USA was very of that time. But I think because it does mention specific parts of that conflict, you know, it mentions Viet Cong, it mentions Saigon, but it's still pretty um, open in, in, in the way it talks about the disgruntled feeling that uh, Bruce or whomever Bruce is narrating for here has. I think it, it that is one of the reasons it, it kind of keeps up with with the time. Whereas, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I often get the 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 feeling that a lot of critical of Vietnam protest songs or or political songs in general that are too specific feel like they have an expiration date. Yeah, like the more uh i guess the the more like explicitly you know the song talks about a specific event right the the more noticeable it is when that event is no longer current right yeah it's like so i you know i often think of phil oaks uh when i think of like vietnam protest songs um, you know, Phil Oaks famously was a uh, Vietnam protest songwriter. It felt like that's all he he did. And mm. he was a great songwriter. Like Phil Oaks's music musically is still really good. Like it still has a lot of um, intrinsic value to it. But like 
they're so of the time lyrically that it it it's tough to like get there. Like I'll put it this way: How often do you actually hear a Phil Oaks song being played, or hear the name Phil Oaks? Uh, never. Yeah how 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 often do you, do you hear a, a CCR song? Pretty regularly, like all the time. Yeah, <laughs> and in part because Viet um um Fortunate Son is in like every Vietnam movie, um, but also like there's other things to CCR that define them. And then it's like, also, here is some protest music. And even then, like, you know, Joan Baez has a protest song. Uh, what's the name of it? Saigon Bride. That sounds like a protest song. <laughs> did, did, you, did you know Steppenwolf had a protest song? No. Yeah, it's called Draft Resistor. Did you ah, know that's a that's a protest song? Draft Resistor? Really? Some might say. Um, yeah, did, did, did you know Grand Funk Railroad had a protest song? No, they didn't. It's called People Let's Stop the War. And that's what I'm saying is like, look, man, it depends on where I... It, it's too, they, they were all too on the nose, right? Like, I'm sure at the time it, it probably felt good or felt but 30, 40, 50, 60 years later, right? Uh... Yeah, it it's like I and I think that's one of the like you see this in music all the time. The the most persistent topics in music tend to be um very general, you know, love, heartbreak, sadness, joy. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. you know, people who were um sad about losing um their girlfriend in the fifties, they're gonna phrase it in pretty similar ways to people who are sad that their girlfriend left them in twenty twenty. That's still it's still a relatable thing. Yeah. 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 And while we certainly uh, are very critical of, oh, I mean, while there is certainly a lot of criticism, I'm not mm -hmm. going to reflect it certainly totally. explicitly yeah. on us, um, of America's involvement in, in right now the Middle East, and that's still a hotly debated topic, and it's still very much so in the public discourse, and yada, 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 we do not interact with it in the same way today that the U.S. populace interacted with the Vietnam War in the 70s. We just do not. And it makes why do, those... Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Because, like, I... So, like, my understanding of why the... I guess it's a... That's... There's a lot of layers to that. So how far back do you really want to peel back the onion, I guess? But I've always heard that one of the contributing factors to why, uh, like, just the American public was so reacted in such a way to the Vietnam war and to, to the U S involvement in Vietnam, um, was just the way, was the way that the war was covered, right. By the media. It was like the first time that there were like widespread, like images of war being broadcast to just like the, you know, the general American public, right. Like during world war two or, or even in Korea, like that wasn't something that, that people saw um and even kind of to a kind of going off of that the idea that it was it wasn't it wasn't a threat that uh it wasn't like we were attacked right like in in world war ii there wasn't like a sense of we need to protect ourselves um and so this combination of like 
seeing seeing the you know the images of war so readily and feeling this detachment from like why are we there kind of added kind of really really made it um like created the environment for which you know like the you know uh there was this kind of backlash by the you know by the public towards the war i would argue now that there's even you know uh a greater access to you know with the internet and with with social media and things like that like you see it's way easier for more people to see those images and things like that and so but at the same time i think you're right in saying that we as a society haven't had a, like the same reaction or don't have the same relationship with um us involvement abroad as we did in the 60s you know do you have any thoughts on that well I, th I think a large part of it is desensitization you know we are accustomed now to seeing awful images mm. we're we are we are yeah. now more used to the idea of war being awful than war being glorified than we ever have been and we will continue down that road as like yeah. you said media coverage also mm. a large part of it was the fact that in the 60s and 70s we had the counter counterculture movement and the big part of that was revolting against the ideals being put forth before you and one of those was that your government is good and your military is something to be proud of and you know part of counterculture was being counter to everything and a large part of that was presented on um a consumer level with music you know music was also very <laughs> a very big part of the counterculture movement and was yeah. very much so represented yeah. in the 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 thoughts being put forth at the time um mm -hmm. So you just got a lot of that in there too, um, which again isn't to say that there isn't songs today about these types of issues. But I, I, I don't have like any um, data or numbers to to produce any of what I'm about to claim. But I also feel like the idea of m songs being against something as general as war nowadays they feel a bit more focused you know like when you talked about um when you said fight the power yeah is one of the first things that comes to mind that is very explicitly dealing with racism in yes. america and you know uh in the police force and in the music industry you know mm -hmm. like there was very targeted lyrics about specific issues even though they had a bigger context and that was only 89, you know, yeah. the idea that like, you know, you had um, war. What is it good for back in the 70s? That's that's a really big topic. That's very general. And the answer to that is depends on what you're talking about. But yeah. but Chuck D <laughs> saying Elvis was a hero to most, but he didn't never meant shit to me. That is very, very specific. Like that mm -hmm. is naming names. And that's where I feel like we tend to more so be in terms of interacting with politics in music is specific issues and specific causes and even then they don't feel as typically as mainstream because they tend to be more niche in what they're talking about hmm. which like you know pluses and minuses like on the one hand like yeah. you know hearing someone talk very specifically about um some type of issue makes it more meaningful to whomever that is targeted for or whomever's listening that doesn't have a full grasp 
or understanding of the situation, but it also means that you might not be reaching everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a question of like, you know, breadth versus depth, right. And appealing to a wider audience, you sacrifice some, uh, depth, right. Some depth of, of meaning or, or directness of meaning. Right. And I think, I think my, my favorite example of that is, uh, a very famous Woody Guthrie song, a song that we all know and love. This land is your land. Mm. Right. That is a protest song. And it often gets sung by like, I remember, I remember singing that song in like second grade. Yeah. 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 Um, just cause it's like a fun, quiet, folksy, uh, pro America rah, rah song. But first off, for anyone who's unaware of, of the legacy of Woody Guthrie, please look him up. Um, he also very famously had a uh, sticker on his Martin at, at one of the earliest musicians to really have political messaging on the instruments that he was playing, too. Uh, shouts to Woody for that. Uh, and it said, this weapon kills fascists. Like, not mincing words. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this land is your land was meant to be a con- uh, a, um, a protest against the uh, capitalist system of the, of the day. It was meant to to be a protest against the idea that we you know we have robber barons who are who are lining their pockets with the money of the people and buying up land to to build all these corporations on because this land isn't theirs this land is ours this land is your land um, like that's like the general idea of the song um, yeah but that's I'm a re- very general topic I'm reading dude we like because we would all we would sing the uh the first two verses it looks like the first two maybe three i think just the first two verses in school um but uh yeah we didn't sing uh was a high wall there that tried to stop me a sign was painted said private property like we weren't fucking singing that (laughs) they they very conveniently left that verse out of elementary school yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in the shadow of the steeple, I saw my people by the relief office. By the relief my office, they I stood there hungry. I stood there asking, "Is this land made for you and me?" That is a direct <laughs> commentary on capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't singing that in school. Holy shit, man! That's why when you said it's a protest song, I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like California to New York? Like uh, there's the <laughs> where is there? What is was he protesting? What is it? Yeah, ver- the next fucking verse. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> um hmm. interesting interesting how uh that's absolutely ridiculous why why did we sing that song in in school why did we sing that song in school what the hell kind of nonsense is that because like i i i i've always thought that like even at the time i remember thinking like this is dumb like i remember in first grade we had um like I'm sure, like I don't know if they still do this part now, but I'm like you say the pledge of allegiance. Everyone stands up, says the pledge of allegiance, right? And after the pledge, there like we'd always pick a song to sing, um, and there would either be like "This Land Is Your Land" or like "America the Beautiful" or like some shit like that. Um, and I always thought it was like a dumb thing to do, right? Um, but like, oh, at least like they're it all kind of makes sense. Like it's so they're all they're all like, oh, America's great songs, like trying to like uh I don't know, brainwash kids into uh nationalism. Fine. 
Um, but uh, this isn't even a America's Great song. How did this get picked up in the in the rotation? Who put this in the playlist of of yeah? This is these are the songs that first graders, first graders, six year olds should be singing uh, every morning. To why? What, what was the how, where? I, I want to know. I need to know. It, it the the guy who put that on the playlist is the same guy that puts puts uh fortunate son on on Trump's playlist when he when he's at his rallies. Like there's no there's, no one cares about the words, which is crazy. Does you no know, one care about the do lyrics not matter? Oh, it depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> lyrics just don't matter. Well, no, apparently not. It doesn't like. I mean, and that that I think we we've looped back to to a question that you asked earlier of, about "Born in the USA." Of is it an effective protest song? And you know, I said it's a litmus test, and I think that that's still true of most protest songs. But I guess maybe here's a, the thing. Go here's ahead. the thing, though. Like, I I I I get what you're saying that like it being a litmus test for like can people understand the the song? Can people just sit and fucking listen to the words and like understand English? Fine. But like if if a protest song, no matter how well written, no matter how well articulated the ideas are and like how great the song is, whatever, if that song is then used in in any capacity like towards, you know, the opposite goal, doesn't that make it like horribly ineffective? If like if you make a like like if if let's say we were protesting, uh, I don't know, having to wear. Uh, closed-toed shoes, right? Like something that you know, we were just made a song that we were like, we Worst hate having having to wear closed-toed shoes, right? And we we named the song uh, "Closed-toed Shoe," uh, 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 whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's just super in your face, right? And like, but then that song was like used as a rallying cry for the closed-toed shoe enthusiasts, people who, like, get off on make forcing people to wear closed-toed shoes, like, then I, that's no longer an effective protest. So I wish I chose a different uh, analogy here, but but I'm rolling with it. Like, do, do you agree or disagree? You know what I mean? Like... Well, I... So I was about to, I was about to say... What... Is... <clears throat> Like some part of it, part of it has to be about who are you targeting. Like, yeah. is it an effective messaging campaign? Because, mm -hmm. like, you know, the idea that Trump walks out, and this is not a commentary about Trump's politics. The man has a different podcast that we don't make. Uh, <laughs> um, but the idea that that Trump, who is a noted draft dodger, is playing mm -hmm. a song about hating on rich kids who dodge drafts, yeah, is yeah. like. I mean, it, it breaks the scale on which irony is built. Um, mm -hmm. It hurts the mind to think about how ridiculously stupid that is. And, you know, we can sit here and say that, and people um, and so that's I mean, what I, who also know yeah. the meaning of the words fortunate son can say that, but you're right. Does that make it effective if someone who's standing at a rally doesn't get it? Yeah, well, so, yeah, and so that's the thing is that, like, in the, if, if in that context, right, if everyone at that rally all kind of stood around and went, why is he playing this song? Like the song's about like hating draft dodgers. Like 
why like and that was the re that was the reaction from the audience then i would then i would agree with you and say like oh it's totally still an effective protest song trump's just an idiot for thinking that you know whatever or his staff is or whoever chose the song um but the fact that that was not the response he received right like it was it from like if you didn't speak English, right, and you didn't understand what the words were, and you were just like viewing the event, you know, through this lens of like not understanding, you know, who he is, what his policies are, but you would say like, oh, this is a a successful event, like the this music, right, this song has uh, inspired or or whatever this crap. Like there was no, it was a positive reaction, you know. So obviously in dissecting the lyrics you find that the meaning of the song has totally been lost and like it's no longer serving the purpose it was originally intended to when it was written but if if it's effectively being used right by a draft dodger to 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 tout his superiority when in reality the song was meant to condemn draft dodgers I, does that is it still an effect is is it still effective in its message it's i don't know it i i think it's also made more complicated by the fact that fortunate sons a really good fucking song you know like like sure there, of course I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm willing to bet you there are there are people in that crowd who go this guy doesn't know what that song is about but i love that i'm here and i love this fucking song man so, well, so turn that shit up. So, so here, so like a uh, slightly different. So like if, if Trump had, instead of playing fortunate son played, uh, like, you know, uh, killing in the name, but, or played fight the power by public enemy, right? If that's the song he chose to play, right. Um, it, it, from a, from a sense standpoint, from a, like, does this song make sense for my audience? What it, it's about as far off as fortunate son is right. Um, I would argue that it's also a great song, um, but like it doesn't. I don't think there's any any great. I don't think there's anyone out there who doesn't who thinks that fight the power is is, is saying that you know there there should be race inequality or that the you know what I mean. Whereas, I, I don't know. You, you get what I'm saying. I do get what you're saying, and and I actually, if 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 I may, would like to take a brief point to pivot to the uh, the, the the concept of fight the power style songs and messaging because I've always found them so interesting. Because yeah, first off, fight the power, man. Um, but second of all, in order for you to effectively fight the power, at some point you have to become the power. At which point, those songs are about you. You know what I mean? Like, if you are, you know, if you're, like, 16 in 1989 when Fight the Power comes out, and you're like, yeah. you know what, yeah, I am going to fight the power. And then, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, 20 years later, yep, you, yep, you yep. get elected to, like, governor or some shit. 36 yep. is kind of young, but you get what I'm saying. At yeah, that yeah, point, you're a state you are, representative at 36, sure. Yeah, but you are, you're, you are now the power, and yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, we need the voices of, of good people to be in government, again, regardless mm -hmm. of party. You need people who represent the people to be in, in in power but if you are a fuck the power kind of guy or gal and then you end up in power how do you approach the power you know what i mean yeah 
Not that it that almost means anything, it, but. Well, so it it is interesting because it's it's uh, it's almost like uh, you know are, are protest songs a, a young man's game or is protesting just a young man's game? You know, um, I don't, I don't think so. But like so so here another another current current event example. Um, uh, uh, Kamala Harris is running for vice president along with Joe Biden. She is a California native. Um, I bet she grew up listening to uh, Tupac, Public Enemy, and and NWA, and yeah. those saw you know those those groups like Kamala Harris. I'm willing to bet listened to NWA at some point in her life and enjoyed it. And she was also at one point in her life the top police officer in the state of California because she was elected attorney general. And one of NWA's most famous songs is Fuck the Police. <laughs> and if she believes in the message of yeah. anti-police brutality mm-hmm. and wants to bring that to the police force, she did it in the right way. But that also means that that NWA song is about you. Yeah, yeah. It creates an interesting uh, dichotomy, right? Where where you uh, where you become the very thing that you hated, right? Or, you know, um, yeah, you know, it, it it's tough because yeah, you know, does that- change has to happen from within, and the only way for you to, to, to really effectuate change, you've got to be internalized. But these songs are still going to be written. You know, like, like Barack Obama ain't writing a hit. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there's no internal music being written by politicians that's going to be effective, because true, we would pass. And, and if it was, we would look at it like that's propaganda. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know, if if Bush came out with a real, you know, I'm actually, actually I'm, a good time. But what do you, you like? So what do you think? Like, like. I mean, if because um, none of uh, Bill, what if Bill Clinton dropped like a like a jazz album while he was in office, like with him on the saxophone, right? Like no li- no lyrics, right? So you can't even say like, like, yeah, like. But do you think, or do you think people would like not like that? Like, be like, well, what is he doing? Like recording jazz, or like, or or you know, like would there be uproar about that, or? Uh, fuck that man it'd be a bestseller <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure there'd be some uproar from somebody going like hey man shouldn't he be the president um but at the same time yeah. if bill clinton dropped like a good 45 60 minute long jazz record um yeah you know smooth president some shit like that i'd be all fucking smooth, for it man smooth president just uh all the electorate no, it would just be called what is it was slick willie is that what they called him right or uh, slippery willie i believe it's not, it's no, not slick. Even, you know, you're right. It, it, it is slick, Willie. Yeah, that's slippery, yeah. Willie. Slippery, <laughs> Willie, man. <laughs> oh man. Was it Tricky Bill? No, that's just Tricky Dick. Is that's 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 Richard Nixon. That's Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. Tricky Dick and Slick Willie. Man, what a one-two punch. Yeah. Um. But uh, dude, I would totally listen to Slick Willie. Slick Willie plays the hits. Uh, uh, S- Slick Willie, man of the people. Yeah, a hundred percent. Hey, 
Bill Clinton, if you're out there listening, if you're in the audience, if you are out there, if you are a listener, this is uh, me telling you that I would listen to that. Yeah. What do you? What else you got to do right now, Bill? Yeah, you can't have anything else to be else to do. You should get to work on that smooth jazz album. Um, what were we talking about before? How did we? Let's let's rein it in here. How did we? Well, yeah. Let's, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make a whole other pivot. I I think the idea of protest songs, that specific first word, might not be so much a thing anymore. And now we've we've matured into calling it social commentary um because i was also because I, I was trying to think of like modern examples of what like a protest song would be and i'm not sure we have any true true protest music like we did in the day where it was like a big rallying cry and you'd sing that those kinds of things at, at marches the, the type of music you still hear a lot at marches is older protest songs you know a change is gonna come shit like that but like, so the first thing that came to mind for me was um, Childish Gambino track from like two years ago. This is America. Yep. yep, that was. I was just about to say that. Yeah. And and it's like, and you know, I know Kendrick Lamar had had um, uh, I forget what the name of the song was, but he had something off of "To Pimp a Butterfly" that was about um, racial mm-hmm. justice. Mm-hmm. You get a lot of racial justice songs now because it's it's well timely. It's timely. Oh, yeah. that's the thing. It's always been timely. Uh, but.